Hi, I'm Rach. And I'm Sue. And this is the Georgia Hair Podcast. And today we'll be talking about the masqueraders. Hey, Rach, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad. I was, um, I'm assuming you're COVID free now? Yep. Yay. Congrats. Yeah, we're, we're out of the woods. What have you been up to? Um, just worky bits. And I'm feeling very excited at the moment because our log cabin is arriving in three days time. And I know that you love Seven Brides of Seven Brothers because you came to see it with me at Regent's Park Open Air Theatre. I do indeed. So what I'm, what I'm picturing when we construct this cabin is it's going to be like that barn raising scene. Okay, a log cabin. Are, are we? It's going to be a shed. How dare you? It is a cabin. Okay. <laughs> You'll have to come over and see it. It's 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 going to be impressive. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm off to York next week. Oh, I like York. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember whether any Georgia Hay has been set, uh, books are set in York. Um. And I think I don't. I think they make. I think there's reference to it yeah. made in in some of them. Like I think maybe in Venetia that they talk about mm. it being somewhere near York. Um, maybe I'm wrong about that, but um, yeah. So, it's, but I don't think anyone ever visits it, as far as I can remember. That's cool. Are you going to go to the Viking Center? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's like a there's a kids dig dig thing um, that's now that they have there so like it, not at the Viking Centre but it's like a, it's like um, associated with it mm. um, where the kids can go and be little archaeologists and dig up stuff so I'm using my child as an excuse for me <laughs> wanting to do some archaeology and <laughs> digging up some stuff so that that's gonna be good and um, yes I like York so that should be good oh fantastic cool um on the topic of delving into history shall we get on with masqueraders let's do it Are you impressed by my segues, by the way? (laughs) It's beautiful. (laughs) Okay, so I've got a summary of the masqueraders, shall I? Go for it. Robin and Prudence had an unusual childhood, say the least. They bounced between European cities, fighting duels, joining the Jacobite cause, cross-dressing and living under assumed names. On their return to England, in the guise of Mr and Miss Marriott, they await the return of their father, the old gentleman, who happens to be planning his most elaborate plot yet. In the meantime, Robin and Prudence make enemies, and in the form of Sir Anthony Fanshawe and Letty Grayson, they meet the only people who might tempt them into respectability. I mean, that that is a very brief summary, because there's a lot going on in The Masqueraders, isn't there, Rach? There is. It's a a long book, isn't it? And it's um, it's an adventure. Um, I I really enjoyed this. I I do actually count this as one of my favourites. I like the Mm. adventure books, and... Mm -hmm. Um, it is like it's interesting her Georgian books her, uh, the ones she wrote earlier on she was still fairly young when she wrote this this mm-hmm. one and they're written in quite a different way aren't they mm-hmm. the Georgian ones a bit like this. so like um, the Black Moth and these old shades it's much more um, the language is different I think the yes. way it's written than, than the Regencies it takes a bit of getting used to I think yeah absolutely agree with that um they refer to people as it don't they and um there's you know the large gentleman 
the old gentleman, the quiet gent, the noisy gentleman. Yeah. Um, and then the, the brother and sister calling each other child all the time. It sounds really weird to modern ears, I think. But yeah, um, yeah it all, I think it all kind of goes towards creating this impression that it's um, it's a world where you're putting on a show. Yeah, very, very much so. Yeah, everything is about show, isn't it? it, it, it like Georgian costume is mm. is much more elaborate mm. um, than Regency, isn't it? There's um, yeah, and everything mannerisms were much more uh, exaggerated yes. and pronounced. And yeah, I, th- I think that's right. It's all a bit um, yeah, it's it's all a show, a masquerade. <laughs> oh yeah, that's the word. Um, so at the beginning. <laughs> beginning of this story it kicks off with with quite an exciting scene doesn't it i think um so yeah. we just we just know that kate and peter marriott are traveling and they've they've stopped at an inn and just as they're settling in um they overhear uh the sounds of a damsel in distress uh in the next room so somebody uh she's clearly been sort of kidnapped or being maltreated by by a gentleman in the room with her and they decide to um get involved and come to the rescue and in doing so they make it clear that they get into this kind of thing all the time like they just it's, it's almost like they yeah. kind of say oh let's do that that trick you know the one we've done it before yeah absolutely there was never really a doubt that they were going to have to intervene when they heard mm. this um it, it, this man trying to um force a um a young lady uh, to elope with him and mm. there, yeah there was never a doubt that they were going to have to intervene I mean I think John the servant does say Lord do you want to get into this and they're like, <laughs> yeah we're going to do this <laughs> um, which is good yeah um, but yeah they they take care yeah. so it's it's Mr Markham who is um he's troubling Letty Grayson um so she she willingly eloped with him um but I think halfway through the journey he his true colours come out he's been drinking too much and she yeah. change, changes her mind but he's determined to take her on to Gretna Green um but in a very neat bit of wrangling Kate throws herself at Mr Markham Peter storms in and oh that's it they fake a fire John sets a fire um yes. so then Kate throws herself into stress on Mr Markham um Peter walks in at that moment and, and says, what are you doing with my sister? sister? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And knocks him out. <laughs> um, and then they steal his horse and carriage, right? They do. They get, yeah, um, they get Letty out. And then mm. and then when he comes round, he's like, oh, I'm terribly sorry. Oh, yeah. How uh, <laughs> <Not> embarrassing. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. Um, yes. And then they've got... They've got Link, they hide Letty away, and then he goes mm. off then, doesn't he, to in, in chase of the of the carriage. Yes, and then Sir Anthony Fanshaw, a mammoth, arrives. Um, yes, and we're introduced to him before he arrives, aren't we, by Letty, who sort of yes. describes, yeah. Yeah, she explains that part of the reason that she eloped is that she, she was under pressure to marry Sir Anthony and that he was the most dull creature imaginable. Um, and then Sir Anthony arrives on the scene, a, a gigantic man um mammoth a mammoth a mountain and uh yeah he makes it quite clear to letty that he really doesn't want to marry her he just wants his dinner and i have a lot of patience for that yes i do 
um, I do wonder at her father for ever thinking that this might be a good match between <laughs> Letty and Sir Anthony, because yeah. clearly that was never going to work out. And and there's no sign at all that Sir Anthony ever wanted to <laughs> marry Letty. No. So um, that, this probably could have been made clear earlier and this whole thing <laughs> avoided, but then we wouldn't have much of a story. So um, no, no, indeed. Glad it did. But I think up until this point, there's really very little indication that um, Kate isn't Kate and Pete isn't Peter. Yeah, it's- I've got to say mm. when I so I remember when I first read this book, and I don't know I don't know why because I don't because it must have been a long time ago, mm. um, twenty more than twenty years ago, and and I remember being re- for ages really confused about <laughs> yeah. it, at the at the scene where they where it becomes clear that um, well not <laughs> yeah where they suddenly ref- um, change pronouns yes. and um and he is referred to she and she is referred to he and then they use different and then they've got different names mm. it's it introduced in quite a abrupt way isn't it and it's a bit confusing for a bit if you don't know what's going to happen in the story well I think there's there's a hint where um Pete and Peter and Kate uh go to bed and oh, they go up to their rooms and Peter asks Kate if she kissed Letty goodnight um, with yeah. a bit of a kind of raised eyebrow. And then Peter blushes over the large gentleman. And I think yeah. when I read that, even when I reread it embarrassingly, I thought, oh, you know, is this very excitingly, hey, his first gay romance? Because that would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, then, and then it's like, oh, right, no. Um, but but yeah, I, I think that's a nice way of doing it. And I, it feels like she genuinely wrote those first scenes with Kate as a female and Peter as a male. Like she she held back from hinting yeah. at anything else for, for quite a while. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. So one of, the, one of the things that I was thinking about while I was reading this was, you know, in today's terms, would Robin and Prudence identify as non-binary or is it just expedience that makes them dress as a man and a woman? Um, I think it's, it's expediency. It's expediency because because they don't. it's not even necessarily their choice, is it? It's a... There's a bit of that. Um, I, I think they do enjoy getting one over on society, you know, that kind of tricking everybody they enjoy. But also, I think it allows them to express another side to themselves. Yeah, I, I think for Prue, mm. she, um, so she has got uh, this. So what is described in the book as manly properties? Like, I, I mean, I'm not saying I agree that there, there is this yeah. difference, but. Um, throughout she um you know her bravery is talked about her her traditional male qualities Mm. are ascribed to her um she's she's quite tough she she has to be yeah um throughout the book she um she she raised her trial she the the trial she undergoes like being hit and Mm. um the jewel, the, the foot pads, and yeah, and, and the jewel exactly mm. when she approaches the jewel. So she she's brave, she's stoic, she's all these traditional male qualities that she's mm. got, and mm. so I guess, um, and that it, she is a uh, she understandably because of her life has some of those qualities. She's had to, mm. and so she's able to pose, yeah, you know, be successful in that in that pose. But um, maybe not so much Robin because you get the sense that. He doesn't. He doesn't mind doing that for a bit, and he certainly enjoys the acting. Yeah. Um. But I think he does. Uh. 
he chafes at the bit a little bit yes doesn't he? that's that's the yeah that's the phrase yeah yeah um he, he wouldn't like to be in that uh in that role for very long i don't think which is a shame because he's amazing at it it does exactly there's there's one point in it where they say you, you know you're a, you're a better female than me Prue says to Robin yeah you, you're yeah. better all that kind of flirting and yeah than I am yes I yeah I, I agree Peter does seem oh, uh sorry Kate slash Robin probably going to get those mixed up quite a few times today um mm. yeah Robin does seem really such an accomplished actor it's really impressive yeah but, um, and, and certainly enjoys the masquerade more than Prue. Yes. Well, I, so there's a passage here that kind of describes the differences in, in mm-hmm. Prue and Robin and, and maybe their different reactions to, to the masquerade. Um, the truth was she was too well used to a precarious position to be easily disturbed and certainly too used to an exchange of personality with Robin to boggle over her present situation. She had faith in her own wits. These failing her, she had a rueful dependence on the ingenuity of her sire. Impossible to tread the paths of his cutting without developing an admiration for the gentleman's guile. Prudence regarded him with affection, but some irony. She admitted his incomprehensibility with a laugh, but it did not disturb her. She danced to his piping. Ditters believed she lacked the adventurous spirit. Now Robin might fume at the mystery with which the father chose to wrap himself about, but Robin enjoyed a chequered career and had an impish daredevilry that led him into more scrapes than the old gentleman devised. Withal, he surveyed the world with a seriousness that Prudence lacked. He had enthusiasms and saw life as something more than the amusing pageant Prudence thought it. And so I think that's interesting because it's it's Robin that goes into the Jacobite cause, isn't it? And and yeah. Prude that just kind of goes along with it. And yeah, Prude does have this sort of casualness that's uh, that's very appealing and calming. Yeah, I think they both feel uncomfortable with doing this in England, don't they? Um, yes. They both at some point expressed that um, concern about actually being re- being revealed in England is, is mm. going to be worse than anywhere else or, you know, yeah. Oh, there's that really great line where um, Robin says, you, you can't do that here, we're in England. And his father says, oh, I see you've learned geography. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I um I had a bit of a question at this point. Um, yeah. Do you think it's realistic that Robin and Prue could fool nearly everyone around them? And and, and does it really matter as a reader? I mean, I don't think it matters. I think, um, I think the only reason why it's believable is because the amount of dressing up there was. Mm. Um, I think you, you, that that's the only reason you get away with it. So if you think about all of the, everyone wore wigs or at least powdered hair, um, the women were very heavily made up and had, uh, you know, powder on their faces and patch and mm. um, a, a lot of makeup, wigs, dress, uh, dresses that you would give you shape. Um, so I think there are all sorts of reasons why you could yeah. probably you might be able to get away with more then than you um yeah. than you would now um there's, yeah there's a bit of hair powdering and makeup on for men and women wasn't there but, but yeah in terms yeah. of the, the costume very very gendered like you know today i wear jeans and a jumper my husband wears jeans and a jumper yeah. you're not looking to dress to give you clues as to that are you but but back then it would have been so much more obvious and i suppose as well there's that element of 
it's such a daring charade that surely no it wouldn't cross anyone's mind that they would do such a thing well yeah exactly yeah yeah why why would it why would anyone question I think they say that at some point in the book why would you question it if you're you're presented Mm. with with Mm. something there's no there's no reason to question it um yeah I think so but I think also yeah it doesn't matter because it's just um, yeah it's just a fun story (laughs) I mean you know plays and and books they're just absolutely littered with um people pretending to be members of the opposite sex aren't they we're used to it yeah exactly it was Shakespeare and Mm. yeah it was there's tons of it um when we're talking about um masquerading earlier as well I was thinking it's actually Prue that's a bit uncomfortable with that isn't it because I think she notes the difference between deceiving society as a whole and deceiving an individual who you respect for her that'd be Sir Anthony and and that's just lying at that point and I really feel for her in that because she can't win she has to be there for her father and her brother but yeah that puts her in a really difficult position with Sir Anthony yeah and she says oh do you do you know I begin to dislike myself yeah oh yeah yeah should we talk about prudence and Mm. oh yeah you know what for an adventure story this is an absolutely beautiful romance yeah and it's not it's it's such an instant attraction isn't it that Mm. what all we're waiting we know they're gonna get together in the end obviously but um we're sort of waiting for that reveal um well we're waiting for sir anthony to be assured that yeah young peter is actually female well exactly Um, i mean we know that he knows fair or he guesses fairly early on Mm. there's lots of clues Mm. that he's get that he's guessed um which we can talk about but um there is obviously this instant attraction between the two of them definitely Mm. we know that um that prue likes him because in that you know very early on um robin is teasing her a little bit yeah about him um yeah there's something really sweet about their their relationship because it is this barrier which is the fact that um she's dressed as a man Mm. and she doesn't know he knows and he yeah it it, it, has this barrier between them so they can't um say it but they there's this instant attraction and he has to be honorable and not take advantage of the situation and Mm. i imagine as well if you're a woman dressed as a man and the man you love should make a move on you you would be a little bit unclear about whether he was into you as a man or you as a person or you as a woman yeah I don't I mean know. that's not that it's not even a thing in the book though is it that that, that it, it's clearly not something that was in Haya's mind at all that it would be um there's any homosexual feelings yeah but when um, I'm reading it in this I think it feels quite quite pointed that Sir Anthony is singling out this young man and taking him under his wing and trying to get him alone quite a lot and we know why that is but I don't I would yeah was Haya that naive I wouldn't have thought so I, I I'm not sure it's naive I just well I don't I don't think she was playing with us I don't think she was trying to convey the idea that Sir Anthony might have been gay but no but but I, but, but it's sort of questioned isn't it so so when he or tells her that he knows mm. um I think she asked him um when do you, you know when did you know you were in love with me or something like that yes and and he says something like well 
I, you know, I had suspicions from the beginning and then mainly it was because of the attraction I felt for you. Mm. Or it, he says something like that. And it's like, okay. So <laughs> it was, he didn't, it, it almost, his attraction to her or yeah. Um, led him to think, oh, okay, well, she must be a woman because yeah. I can't possibly be attracted to a man. Interesting. So that. I think it's made really clear that he knew very early on yeah. and just was trying to, get hit he just his suspicions were confirmed as they, as it went along and so he was looking for things to looking for clues that pointed to it mm. and yeah I, I think I, I like as well in in their romance sort of that he has lots of opportunities with you know pre-pretending to be Peter to admire him for much admire Prue for her bravery so you know, when Peter's attacked on her way back from Mr. Devereux's card party um, and then Mr. Belfort tells him about the attack and and kind of mentions that uh, that Prue in the form of Peter did look like, you know, he was hurt but was very brave about it all. And then there was the duel mm. with Rensley and although Prue didn't relish it, she was very calm and, you know, she just she would have gone through with it. Um, oh, which leads to one of my favourite bits when Sir Anthony goes to pick a fight with Rensley to injure him so that Rensley wouldn't be able to fight Peter and um, slaps him with a glove. I oh, I can't bit. pick up a pair of gloves without imagining <laughs> slapping someone in the face. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's such, a, such a good insult, isn't it? It's such oh. a good insult. Like, oh, it's it, oh, it, there's something about it that's just so... Dynasty, so like, <laughs> Cassie, I'm like, I'm not even going to bother hitting you with my hand. I'm going to hit you. Yeah, with yeah. It's the amount of disdain you can you can fit into that movement. It's it's remarkable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what I do like as well. Um, so Sir Anthony interferes and and you know yeah injures Rensley, and then Prue has a go at him. So he kind of she takes him to task for intervening and stopping her from having her duel. And he kind of, you know, mm. sorry about that. Sorry about that. And then knowing that she will, she probably won't be in the guise of a man by the time Rensley recovers, she pushes it a little bit further and kind of says, yeah, well, you know, I, well, I will fight him though. I'll still fight him. And she, she, she definitely doesn't want to fight him, but she knows she can kind of get away. But I do. It is quite amazing that, <laughs> um, it, it, you know even if she was even if she was a man it, it's mm. not it, you know like you could understand a man not wanting yeah. to have a fight but it's so frowned upon that you would show any amount of reluctance and not well, be yeah. really geared up to do it yeah um like, oh well don't don't we not gonna doubt this courage that, that would be the worst thing to think of mm. somebody that they didn't have the courage and didn't relish going to fight somebody yet a much older and more experienced swordsman of course you'd want to fight them yeah. it's mad I really like the bit where um I think it's a bit just after let me find it because it's um he, he does something like um he, uh, the horse um oh yeah so they're riding together the horse rears up he grabs the reins and then um and there's a really sweet bit let me just find it that happens and then they're riding along and they're talking about um they're talking about her life and 
um, they're having a conversation about her um, possibly checkered past. Mm. Okay. Well, sir, Prudence looked demure. I have a notion you think me an escaped rebel. And if you were, said Sir Anthony, must I necessarily deny my friendship? I believe you to be a good Whig, sir. I hope so, little man. I took no part in the late rebellion, sir. I have not accused you of it, my dear boy. The horses dropped to a walk. But if I had, Sir Anthony, what then? You might still rest assured of my friendship. There was a warm feeling about her heart, but he did not know the full sum of it, alack. You are very kind, Sir Anthony, to an unknown youth. I believe I remarked to you once that I have an odd liking for you, little man. One of these strange twists in one's affections for which there is no accounting. If I can serve you at any time, I desire you let me know it. I have to thank you, sir. She could, she could find no other words. You may perhaps have noticed, my dear boy, that my friends call me Tony, he said. She bent to fiddle with her stirrup leather and her reply was somewhat inarticulate. When she sat straight again in the saddle, she showed, she showed a heightened colour, but it might just have been due to the stooped posture. Mm-hmm. I really like that. It's got a sweet little yeah. interchange. and It shows Sir Anthony in a really great light. I think he is... Yeah, he's very yeah. understanding and accepting of everything about Prue. And that, that's what you want in a partner, isn't it? Yeah. And also um, they had this doubt that she, he that he's too respectable mm. to um to to marry somebody that doesn't have um doesn't have birth. Yeah. Um and but throughout it all, he doesn't care. He doesn't care about what he doesn't care whether the the, the father's claims to be Lord Barham turn out to be mm. um true or false. He just wants to marry her. And yeah, it's nice. <laughs> well shall we skip to a bit of a let's go to like you know, the reveal, the big reveal, the truth comes Ooh, out about I Prue. This. I love this scene. <laughs> so he's he sort of lured her over to his house. So yeah. like, I think she's expecting a party and then she shows up, it's, it's just her. Um, Awkward. Yeah, and he's trying to get her drunk. Um, or she, he's trying to force her to uh, dispose of her drink uh, in a sneaky way. So she waits till he's distracted, distracted and pours it up his sleeve, which... I'm guessing you have to wear quite dark coloured jacket. Top, like you need a dark sleeve, wouldn't you? And like a very absorbent texture. I got quite involved in imagining what that sleeve situation would be like. Just playing cards oh. with a slightly damp arm. It would be so soggy, wouldn't it? Mm. Like she's pouring glasses of wine up there. <laughs> <laughs> but eventually they're not wearing that much. It would definitely soak yeah. through, wouldn't it? She's just walking around <laughs> sloshing. It'd be horrible. <laughs> But anyway, I, th- I think she's only done it the once at, at this at this occasion. But he yeah. noticed- and again, throughout this, it is better just to spend belief for a bit, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, but, uh, he spots her doing it, and he says, "My dear, I wish you could find it in your heart to trust me." He said, "Deed, but trust was there in her heart. But how tell them? I've had suspicions of your secrets since the first evening you dined with me here." He went on. Of late, I have been as certain as a man may be of so wild a masquerade. So much for Robin, and for my lady Lowestoff, scornful of his perspicacity. <laughs> well, she had had fears of this, but not even she had realised how much the sleepy gentleman saw. Egad, what must he think of her? The colour rose at the thought. She lifted her eyes. It did not occur to her to try evasion. I would trust you willingly, Sir Anthony, she said in a still, calm voice. I have not liked the lies I have told, and the great lie I have acted. 
She put her hand up to her neckcloth. It was tight round her throat of a sudden. But there is not only myself involved. If it were all to do again, I would do it. A look of pride came into her face. Her chin was up, but it sank after a moment. She looked down at the ring on her finger and wiped the trickle of wine from her hand with a crumpled napkin. Will you tell me your name? Sir Anthony said gently. It is prudent, sir. In truth, I know no more. I have had many surnames. There was no hint of bitterness in her voice, nor any shame. It was best the large gentleman should know her, for the adventurous she was. Prudence? Sir Anthony was frowning now. So that is it, he said softly. She looked up, searching his face. You are not very like your father, said Sir Anthony. She gave nothing away in her expression, but she knew that he had very nearly the full sum of it. There fell a silence. Prudence, Sir Anthony repeated, and smiled. I don't think you are very well named, child. He looked down at her, and there was a light in his eyes. She had never seen her before. Will you marry me? He said simply. Now at last there came surprise into her face, on a wave of colour. She rose swiftly to her feet and stood staring. Sir, I have to suppose you jest. It is no jest. You ask a nameless woman, an adventuress, to marry you, one who has lied to you and tricked you, and you say it is no jest? My dear, you have never tricked me, he said amused. I tried to do so. I wish you would call me Tony, he complained. She had a tiny suspicion she was being punished. Sure, the fine gentleman would never ask her to be his wife in all seriousness. You have your right to your revenge, sir, she said stiffly. He came round the corner of the table and took one of her hands in his. She let it lie there resistless. Child, have you still so little faith in me? He asked. I offer you all my worldly goods and the protection of my name, and you call it a jest. I've... I've to thank you, sir. I don't understand you. Why do you offer this? Because I love you, he answered. Must you have asked that? She raised her eyes to his face and knew that he had spoken the truth. She wondered that he did not take her into his arms, and with a fine intuition realised the chivalry of this man, who would take no advantage of her being alone in his house and quite defenceless. She drew her hand away and felt a hot pricking beneath her eyelids. I cannot marry you, Sir Anthony. I'm no fit bride for you. Don't you think I might be permitted to judge of that? He suggested. She shook her head. You know nothing of me, Sir Anthony. My dear, I have looked many times into your eyes, he said. They tell me all I have need to know. I, I don't think so, sir, she forced herself to say. Her hand lay on the chair back. He took it in his again and carried it to his lips. You have the truest eyes in the world, Prudence, and the very bravest. Which is all just lovely. Um, yeah. But she kind of she kind of leaves it as, look, if, if my father manages to prove that he's Barham, Tremaine of Barham, then okay, I'll marry you. But otherwise, I can't let you do this. But she acknowledges to herself later that she yeah. can't actually resist him. But she's just giving him a little bit of time to cool down. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I think she knows that he he won't be thinking. He's not the kind of person to, mm. um, he's not the kind of guy, is he, that would... Uh, Shab off. Yeah, well, and also he's just quite a... Um, yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't look like a ditherer, does he? He's not a ditherer. I, th- I think as well. Yeah. So he spotted her ruse straight away, and I think she saw through that reputation he had for being a bit dull yeah. and and unseeing. So they both had like, this clearer idea of each other than the people around them had straight from the yeah. off, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah, it is nice. And he doesn't. She doesn't. Um, he doesn't know how much he knows. Like he knows everything. He knows about Robin. He knows mm. that you know he took. You know he might have taken part in the um, in the rebellion, the Jacobin rebellion. Yeah. He knows about um, 
the father, you know, he, he yeah, he basically has guessed the whole thing. Um, and I think there's probably an amount of relief there for her. Oh, like, yeah, surely. Just like, um, oh, I don't have to, I don't have to lie anymore. In contrast to the romance between Prue and Sir Anthony, we also have romance um, between Robin and Letty. Um, I think, I mean, it's not given the same amount of attention uh, and that's fine. I don't think one story like 300 pages can't cover two big romances. That's fine. Um, But they still have some nice moments. So, you know, Robin seems to dress up like the guy in The Princess Bride uh, in the Black Domino and snogs her uh, at a master ball and then leaps over a parapet. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) But yeah, so I I don't I don't mind at all because it's just uh, the way of the book and Letty does seem quite flighty and but they they really don't know so um she really doesn't know him at all. This is just some guy (laughs) (laughs) that she's met at a ball that um, she's never even seen his face properly. I think she and... agreed to marry him before she knew his name. Yeah. No, wow. no, exactly. She did. Um, yeah. So it was even, yeah. So, so the, they only had two meetings that she knows about um, mm. before she's absolutely, she's pledged to him, <laughs> which is this, the ball. And then when he rescues her, when um, Sir Malcolm tries to, um, abduct her again or, or um elope with her again mm. um and so but she she knows she's gonna um so she I mean I think you can believe is it believable probably not um but Letty is quite a uh a flighty character isn't she she's a romantic yes and but she doesn't have particularly good judgment <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she should learn from that. <laughs> I quite like her murderous feistiness. So when she's um, constrained by Mr. Markham to go along with his plans, she's in her mind, she's thinking, okay, can I find a gun to shoot him? Will it have to be a knife? Yeah. I think that makes her maybe a better partner for Robin than I had first supposed. Um, oh yeah she's gunning for blood because yeah. and also when it, it, she I think she says to him you know you kill you kill him for me so that doesn't she she really mm. um she but throughout the book life is held pretty cheap isn't it <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, definitely Markham's life oh. is um is, is held pretty cheap yeah um at the end we, we do get a proposal scene between Robin and, and Letty and I must admit I was like it's great because he he wears the ring that he wore um, to let mm. her know who who he was when he was in disguise, and it, that's all very clever. Um, but I was kind of surprised that Robin told Letty the whole truth about everything. <laughs> Just, but it's quite know. nice that he yeah. did. I think because he's he's deceived her, mm. and um, yeah, in, in the same in the same way as Prue deceived. Sir Anthony and um yeah but Sir Anthony I trust to keep a secret oh yeah I suppose so but I don't know she's not I think she's proved that she can't keep a secret actually that's the thing as well yeah she lied about Robin didn't she to protect him accidentally then putting Prue Mm. in the in the noose yeah uh, but yeah no she she's yeah her morals are all over the shop so they're they're perfect together yeah (laughs) yeah also a bit I'm not sure about is that the father 
um, when she's telling the father, oh, I'm, you know, I'm going to marry this man, mm. um, when he rescues her um, for the second time, mm-hmm. um, the, the father's like, oh, well, yes, if, if he, he, he deserves you sort of thing. Yeah. It's like, this, you don't know anything about this guy. You just know that he's <laughs> done one good thing, but he could be anybody. And he's like, oh, no, yeah, go ahead, marry this- him. This was a father who kept her under like lock and key, which is why oh. she was so frustrated she ran off with Mrs. Markham. So it's quite a change in character from from the, the father, but okay, fine. Um yeah. speaking of fathers, shall we talk about the old gentleman? He's great, isn't he? He's great. He even makes a good entrance. Like I think he walks in um to a party that's being held and it is very yeah. much that Carly Simon song, he walked into the party like he was walking onto a, a yacht. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's described as having this magnetism, isn't he? Um, and he's yeah. just such an incredible character. I don't think there's anyone else like him in the Hayaverse. There might be people who are grandiose. There might be people who are quite cunning, but he takes it to the most absolute extreme mm-hmm. level. Yeah. I love it when, so he, they, um, when we see him, yeah, he comes into this party. They're standing there. They, they have no expectation of him walking mm-hmm. in. And they're like, oh, my goodness. Um, and then he comes to visit them the next day. Um, and so he walks in. My children, he exclaimed, behold, me return to you. His children maintained an admirable composure. Like Jonah, cast up out of the whale's belly, said Robin. <laughs> My lord was not in the least put out of countenance by his coolness. My son, he swooped upon Robin, perfect to the last detail. My prudence, prudence submitted to a fervent embrace. Well, sir, how do you do? She said, smiling. We perceive you will return to us. But we don't understand the manner of it. He struck an attitude. But do you not know? I am to remain, to remain of Barham. Um, <laughs> I just love that entrance. Yeah, yeah. I, and I love yeah. it. You can imagine it. I think he says, says at various points through this, Tremaine of Barham. Right. It, it just, yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. So much drama in there. Yeah. Um, when he said that thing about Robin, requi- Robin acquires geography, <laughs> it's the land of my birth. I am come home in Finn. I am Tremaine of Barham. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love it so much. Um, it's really good. Yeah. But he, he's just always ready for any situation. So there's that that bit where he's at a party and Rensley and Markham are there. Um, and Markham has like this idea in his head that he's seen this guy somewhere before. Um, and Rensley wants to know. And then Markham remembers and he goes, oh, I know him. He used to run a gaming house in Munich. And uh, very publicly in front of everyone at the party, he accuses the old gentleman of being mm. this man who ran, a, who ran a gaming establishment in Munich. And the old gentleman just completely manages to turn that conversation to his advantage. And it is a beautiful sight to behold. And I have it here. Markham put down the pack of cards. I visited the gaming house you used to keep in Munich, he said. My lord looked at him with interest. The whole room awaited breathlessly his reply. It came as a complete surprise to every man there. Then that must have been where I met you, he said in the tone of one making an agreeable discovery. I thought your face familiar from the first. At the Langsnack table, Sir Anthony gave a low laugh. Faith, I begin to have a liking for the old gentleman, he said. You admit it, do you? 
Mr. Rensley felt his words fall lamely upon expectant ears. Admit what? said my lord, puzzled. Why, dammy, that you've kept a common gaming house. My lord's hand was raised. No, he said emphatically, and a sigh went round the room. His next words dispelled relief. Never in all my life have I kept anything that was common. You insult me by the suggestion. There was a low ripple of laughter. People were gathering about that corner of the room, eager to hear what might be the issue. No use to play with words, fellow. That won't serve, Rensley cried angrily. Have you kept a gaming house? The old gentleman took snuff. I've kept at least a dozen, my dear Rensley, he said with perfect composure. He looked again towards Mr Markham. I'm not entirely satisfied, he mused. Are you sure you've never had lessons in fencing from me, sir? There was a gasp. All play was at an end in the card room. My Lord March burst out laughing. Gad, Barham, have you been a fencing master too? He exclaimed. The old gentleman shut his gold snuff box with a snap. My dear March, he said haughtily, there is nothing I have not been. He looked again at Mr Markham. Are you quite sure I did not give you lessons in fencing? Let me think a moment. Yes, I had an establishment in Rome once, and... Yes, yes, another in Turin. It's quite possible, no doubt, sneered Mr Markham. I don't trouble to remember all my fencing instructors. Then of a certainty you're not a pupil of mine, said my lord. Me you could never forget, for those whom I taught are masters of fence. It goes without saying, I am incomparable. I have no equal in the art. Again, March broke in. I'd give something to hear the story of your life, Barham, he said, hugely entertained. Rensley flushed. His name's not Barham, he said furiously. He's the imposter I always said he was. March froze to instant haughtiness. He has at least the advantage of you in the matter of good manners, Rensley, he said. Public opinion feared round in favour of the old gentleman. Mm. So I, he's managed to take the legs from under Markham with his accusation yeah. of the gaming house by kind of saying, yeah, there's no job I haven't done. But owning it and being, you know, proud of his, the many skills that he has, yeah. he's kind of prevented any further attacks along those lines as well. Yeah, yeah. It's a, exactly. it's a masterstroke. It's beautiful. It is. And I do like the fact that um, you just get the feeling. So you get the feeling that he always absolutely throws himself into into mm. whatever role he's um, mm-hmm. he's doing because because he's. Uh, you know Rob, uh, Robin and Prue don't actually know whether he's faking this or not um whether he's whether he is um Tremaine of Barham or not mm. um and so he must always throw himself into these roles so he becomes who he um who he's yeah. playing I think the kids say that he believes it himself yeah yeah exactly um and so you don't quite know if he is telling the truth um as he's going along mm. whether he is actually uh, yeah I mean I think in the end in the end you do know because of the yeah um, because of what happens but um you are left guessing you just get the feeling that he would play any role like this if he wasn't he would play yeah he would play it as well yeah it's kind of like anything he says whether it's true or not it's 50 50 yeah and you just have to live with that uncertainty <laughs> It's fine. And I, I really like the exchanges between him and Sir Anthony because mm. Sir Anthony, you know, he's the complete opposite. He's not, he doesn't, you know, he's not a play, he doesn't like play acting. He's just a straightforward yeah. kind of guy. Um, but they, ha- you know, but there's definitely, he has a respect for him mm. um, because he is this fantastic uh, old gentleman. But I'm not sure the respect goes both ways because when Sir Anthony interferes with uh, one of his plots later on, um, the old gentleman is yeah. very cutting 
about his plans being changed um, and yet doesn't approve of, I think he said like the the clumsiness maybe? What, what was it? it? It's when he when he rescues Prue from the law officers because he's been Prue's been taken away because Letty's basically described him yeah. um, as the person who killed Markham. Mm. Uh, yeah. But um, Robin says, I confess I applaud Sir Anthony's action. It seems to me masterly. Of its kind, said my lord affably, superb. Unworthy of me, clumsy beyond words, lacking entirely any forethought. But for any other man worthy of applause, I applaud it. I smile to see such blundering methods, but I do not say what I think of them. <laughs> oh, okay. So <laughs> that's harsh. Um, yeah, I'm going to get the feeling that Sir Anthony wouldn't wouldn't care about this <laughs> he's got no. Prue away he's yeah um. there's a bit at the very end as well where um so Anthony's sister says to him you understand if you take on the sister you're going to have to accept the brother into your life as well I don't think Robin is the issue he's going to have to put up with Lord Barham <laughs> yeah. that's that's a tough yeah. father-in-law yeah but anyway shall we yeah going back a little bit oh that's one thing I wanted to mention um you know the bit where Markham tries to blackmail the old gentleman yeah and I mean, the old gentleman is just toying with him. He is, and he's absolutely ruthless. Like that plan is, is is ruthless and mean. Poor yeah. Letty. But, but when Mr. Markham starts, he says, um, uh, I have here, he laid his hand on the breast of his coat significantly, something that spells ruin for you. What? In your heart? My lord is puzzled. No, sir, in my pocket, snapped Markham. Oh, I see, an inner pocket. A very conniving contrivance, sir. I must have one made for myself. <laughs> I just love that. <laughs> oh, you've got a pocket, marvellous. It's so undermining. It's so subtly undermining. And that yeah. whole that whole scene, mm. he absolutely owns. Even though this is the bit of, this is the letter that he mm. knows that could um, undo it. It's like, it's almost like as soon as Mark, uh, Markham comes and presents it, okay, now it's in my control now. Yeah. Now I can do something about this. It's like, it's just, it's the best thing that happens to him. That, and he's, <laughs> this guy tries to blackmail him. He's like, okay, yeah. I can own this now. And Markham is in no way a match for him. He, he, he no. doesn't think things through properly. It was a poor show. Um, but, I mean, the old gentleman is, is ruthless. So he basically just sets him up so that, Robin will rescue Letty, kill Markham, and yeah, and he'll get his letter back. I mean, I guess Letty's never really in any real danger because he knows that Robin. Mm. He, he, he he lays a plan. He knows that it's going to it, it's going to happen, and he, because yeah. he's got that much confidence in himself. Mm. But it's I mean to. To put Letty in that position is awful. Yeah, and, and Robin calls him out for so it. Robin says, yeah, yeah. But he does like that he's been given this opportunity to rescue her a little bit, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think what's what's fun about the whole Letty being rescued, Prue being arrested bit, um, that Sir Anthony is there, he's sort of like hustling around the edges of all this adventure, and he really wants in on the schemes like yeah. he's, he's um, Prue's it's it's a real gender role swap because Prue's saying no mm. this is dangerous and it's it's not honorable or, or respectable mm. stay out of it this is something that 
we need to take care of and he's like no let me I can I can do this and I feel like that's something I've seen the other way around plenty of times but not this way around yeah yeah definitely and he's it's quite it's quite hurt that he's not allowed a share of it like when when they leave him out he's a bit um cross about it isn't he yeah he is um but that leads to him oh one of his just oh such a romantic passage I absolutely love it she stood still before him, a slim figure in dove grey velvet, one hand fingering the, back, the black ribbon that held her quizzing glass, and her tranquil eyes resting on his face. Even though he was angry with her for her obstinacy, he could find it in him to admire the firm set of her mouth and the clean-cut determination of her chin. She had spirit, this girl, in the man's clothes and with the man's brain. Aye, and she had courage too, and a calmness of demeanour that pleased. No hysterics there, no sentimentalism, no wavering that one could see. Bravery! He warmed to the thought of it. She made nothing of this masquerade. She had faith in herself. And for all the restfulness that characterised her, that slow speech and the slow smile she had, the wits of her were quick and marvellously resourceful. She would fleece the wolf at cards, flash a sword out in a party of Mohawks, and stand by with a cool head while her brother fought a grim duel. She could even contemplate a duel on her own account without outward flinching. Involuntarily, Sir Anthony's face softened. My dear, I hate to leave you here. So I, I love that he sees all that in her and admires it. Like he, he, he recognises what he's considering masculine traits and that's not off-putting to him. That is, that's an attraction for him. The yeah. fact that she has a man's brain. Whatever that means. Yeah, I, I know. I know we're not, I know we're not buying into that, but, no. um, <laughs> but still, I think the point is that he, um, he, yeah, he, he truly loves her for, her qualities Mm. and then she says that she wants him to go away and he's saying why and and she says because when you're around you shake my resolution like and then when he so when he rescues her Mm. um, which going against Lord Barham's plans the old gentleman's plans um that's really love that's a few really lovely scenes Mm. there as well I think it it conjures up a lovely image in your mind, doesn't it? Because they're sort of um, riding through the country uh, on sharing a horse under moonlight, you know, his arms around her. It's very romantic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's this bit. um, So she's still, still holding him off a bit and still protesting a bit. Mm. Still trying to get him to see sense. I wish you would think on it. One day I will tell you the tale of my life. I've no doubt I shall be vastly entertained, said Sir Anthony. Oh, it's very edifying, sir, but it's not what the life of my Lady Fanshawe should be. Who made you the judge of that child? She laughed. You're infatuated, sir, but I'm not respectable. Give you my word. In boys' clothes, I've kept gaming houses with my father. I've escaped out of windows and up chimneys. I've travelled in a tale of an army, not English. I've played a dozen parts and... Well, it's been necessary for me to often carry pistols in my pocket. Sir Anthony's head was turned towards her. My dear, will you never realise that I adore you? She looked down at her bridle hand. She was shaking and blushed like a silly chit. Forsooth, um, it was not my ambition to make you admire me by telling you those things, sir. No, Agad, you hope to make me draw back. I believe you don't appreciate yourself in the least. It was very true. She had none of her father's conceit. She had never troubled to think about herself at all. She raised puzzled eyes. 
I don't know how it is, Tony, but you seem to think me something wonderful, and indeed I am not. I won't weary you with my reasons for holding to that opinion, said Sir Anthony amused. Two will suffice. I have never seen you betray fear. I have never seen you lose your head. I don't believe you've done so. Prudence accepted this. It seemed just. No, tis as Robin said, I have a maddening lack of imagination. The old gentleman tells me it is my mother in me, that I can never be in a flutter. Sir Anthony leaned forward and took the mare's bridle above the bit. The horses stopped and stood, and stood still, very close together. An arm was around Prudence's shoulder. The, the roan's reins lay loose at his, at his neck. Prudence turned a little towards her Anthony and was gripped to rest against a broad shoulder. He bent his head over hers and she had a wild heartbeat and put out her hand with a little murmur of agitation. It was taken in a firm clasp. For the first time, Sir Anthony kissed her. And if that first kiss fell awry, as a first kiss must, the second was pressed ruthlessly on her quivering lips. She was held in a hard embrace. She flung up an arm around Sir Anthony's neck and gave a little sob, half of protest, half of gladness. It's such a sweet scene, that is. That is lovely. I love that, that bit. The first kiss went awry, but mm. the second one didn't. And that that whole... Yeah. Also, having a kiss on horseback can't oh, exactly. be easy, so fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that... And, and, then, and then he says... Um, Never, because going back to the bit about, oh, yeah. um, I've, I've ne- you know, I've, I've never guessed in, in a flutter. It's like, well, now you have, love. <laughs> <laughs> bit conceited, yeah. I think, but anyway. I think he's earned it. But yeah, and then um, at the end of that that section, yeah, she lays down in the barn and gets to sleep. And he, um, there's a line that says, there was silence over the fields, the world slept, but Sir Anthony Fanshawe stayed wakeful, guarding his lady's rest. Oh, yeah. lovely. Mm. and also I think that bit's that's bit's necessary isn't it because as you said before there was almost this um this bit where she was sort of playing the man he was Mm. um he was left on the on the outside and then this is um this is him getting to play the man again I guess yeah um which I yeah I guess would be important for someone like him Mm to be to want he all he wanted to do was protect her and now he's got to do that yeah however um antiquated that might be it's um yeah (laughs) it's what we read here for come on exactly (laughs) exactly (laughs) um and then so so they've got their happy ending and then we wrap things up with um the old gentleman uh revealing that he is truly tremaine Tremaine of barham um, and which is great. And it, it's a whole scene where he gets one over on Rensley. Um, John reappears. John, his, you know, his most loyal servant, uh, <laughs> suddenly has different coloured hair and no longer a mole. And you suddenly realise you've been grossly underestimating John for a long, long period of time. Mm. Um, but it turns out, yeah, John is recognised by the family. And, and yeah, it becomes clear anyway that he is Tremaine of Barham. Um, and I must admit, I was reading that and I was still thinking, I can, this is a really good story, but I wouldn't pass, I wouldn't say it was impossible that he bumped into a guy who used to work on that estate and wove this elaborate plot all around it. Like, I, even, just he's so wily that even with all this evidence presented, I've still got a little bit of doubt. 
And I, I like the idea that he's tricking everyone in polite society. So I kind of want to hold on to it, despite the fact that yeah, yeah. It, seem, it seems legit. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. I, 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 I believe he is um, mm-hmm. Tremaine of Barham. Um, yeah, I think I think that's what we're supposed to believe. But yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. He definitely could. He definitely could do it. He definitely could trick everybody. He's incomparable. There's nothing he's not capable of. Um, and you know, Robin, his own son, is is doubting him, isn't he? And um, but I think eventually, sort of, gets to understand why he did it. So there's a bit here where um, where Robin's considering all this. It seemed there was no longer room for doubt. The old gentleman was Barham indeed, and the days of their adventuring were over. Faith and it was like him to allow his children to doubt him to the end. It gave him the chance to make a gesture. It had been so, Robin reflected, all through this masquerade. Simplicity was abhorrent to his lordship. He revelled in a network of intrigue. He loved to accomplish the impossible. A less torturous man might have established his identity in a way quieter and more direct. A less fantastic man might not perhaps have perceived the need for his son and daughter to be in town all this while. They could have escaped to France and waited there. Robin understood the workings of that stupendous mind. The old gentleman wanted them to see his triumph. It would have lost half its savour if they had not been there to be mystified, aghast, and at the last, thunderstruck. I, I love that. Thing. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's just part of who that man is. Yeah. It did not have to be that elaborate. There's no, <laughs> there's no reason. There's no reason for them to come to London masquerading yeah. as two different people. <laughs> there was just no need for that. They could have stayed abroad. They could have stayed abroad and then just yeah. come and be. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but he want he he wanted to do that trick. I guess there was there's, mm. there's, there was no. It wasn't necessary for. The, yeah. <laughs> the claim but he um anyway he wanted to see he wanted them to see him do it didn't he he likes an audience for his greatness sure but you know who i feel sorry for in all this poor old lady lowestoft um who has to make it a fool fool. she's got to explain the the why kate and peter merry have suddenly disappeared so she has to celebrate the world that she was Mm. taken in by them um which is very kind of her really i yeah. yeah, she's a good woman. I really like that she calls them. She calls them my cabbage. My yeah. cabbage. <laughs> it's cute. I like that as a term of endearment. I'm not quite <laughs> sure. The cabbage is sweet, but um, it's um, I like that as a term of endearment. I'm going to start using it. <laughs> good. Um, so I was thinking, you know, in terms of what comes next for this daring family, you know, Lord Barham said he wants he wants an earldom for 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 Robin. So that's definitely going to happen. That's going to happen, isn't it? Let's yeah. face it. He's that's what you say. It's like, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't discount a dukedom to be honest. Yeah, but then, presumably, no more cross-dressing for Prue and Robin because people no. remember Kate and Peter. Yeah, yeah, they can't even do it. Yeah, they can't even do it for a laugh, can they? No, I hope they're going to be okay with that. That's um, I mean, I think Sir Anthony is not going to prevent Prue from, you know wearing trousers riding riding yeah. about the country but i i don't know i get the feeling from that that they they've done their adventuring and they yeah that's they true dearly want to settle down and i'm not sure they would still have that that itch to do it because mm. i think they've they've done it they've um yeah they've lived that life and they were ready to come home and they were ready to settle down and they were ready to um, yeah, yeah to settle in into back in their England yes yeah. well with the whole England thing 
I, there are a couple of lines in this book that made me question how Englishness is presented. And I think it's something to do with it being a Georgian novel, because I think the Georgian ones always feel a bit more influenced by the French. Um, yeah, definitely. Where, so in this because one... It was, pre, it was pre-revolution, wasn't it? So mm. it was... Because I think in later there'd be there'd be less going to and from France because it was a dangerous place to be, and it well it could it could be dangerous in the mm. um in the later ones, but here it was pre-revolution, isn't it? Yeah. So so you've got Lady Lowestoff um, saying of her deceased husband, his English respectability gave her cramp in the soul, <laughs> and then she <laughs> says that. Sir Anthony is like typically stolid for an Englishman. And then even Robin says, oh, the English don't understand fencing. And, and you, at that point, I just suddenly thought, oh, right, yeah, Robin doesn't necessarily see himself as English. Like his no, father is, but he's a child. All his teach, yeah. Travelling, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I don't actually get the sense of how much they've actually been to England because not they, for a long time I mean, they traveled around the continent yeah, yeah. I, i'm not sure they yeah they, they definitely haven't spent very much time at all there yeah. and so it's interesting they do still think of it as home but yeah very i think that was, that was a fantastically paced story it, it really yeah. kept me hooked yeah i really enjoyed that one yep um enjoy the reread it might copy of it is absolutely ridiculous i think i must have dropped it in the bath at some point because it is falling apart and all of the all the pages are crinkled <laughs> does it smell nice uh, no it smells right. old book. <laughs> yeah that's upsetting anyway okay we enjoyed it top marks top, top marks what shall we read next rachel so next shall we do it's a big one mm. the infamous army an infamous army an infamous army okay can let's you know what it's a big one so let's divide it up i'll look at the the romance and you look at the military history <laughs> yeah just um yeah i think it's fair to say <laughs> that we're not going to dwell too much on the military history <laughs> when we <laughs> when we meet <laughs> yeah the people that can get into that military history i i've got nothing but respect for you it's amazing and it's like yeah and let's it. not do this book before we do it but um, it's yeah. um, it is meant to be a very very good um account of the um the battle of waterloo which fully appreciate amazing research um but we're in it for the love story let's face it yep Okay, cool. So that will be, <laughs> but yeah, that, that gives you, that sets your expectations nicely, I think, for, for the next episode. Not too heavy because we're intellectual lightweights. So thank you very much for listening. Thank you for all your reviews and lovely comments. Um, we think you're amazing. Uh, we'll speak to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.